0: Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Can I get an amen? amen. See, God will empower you to overcome. So, so let's put the excuses aside and say, well, I, I can't ever fill that position. Well, God doesn't want you to be a Paul or a Peter. He wants you to be a you. Yeah. He has a plan and a purpose for each of you. Amen? Amen. And, and that's what we have to discover. We are to be followers and disciples of Jesus before anything else. You know, as I mentioned, I wanted to be the starting shortstop. Well, even if I was, I would still have to put Jesus above that. I would still have to say, I'm a follower of Jesus and then I'm a starting shortstop for the San Francisco Giants. Um, Whatever it is, wherever you are in whatever field you are, you are first a believer. Can I get an amen? Amen. One of my biggest goals as your pastor is to hopefully teach you and hopefully show you through the Word of God how to grow and mature as Christians. It's much like raising your, your family, your kids. You want them to mature and grow and we in church, The point of going to Bible studies, attending church, uh, listening to church on whether it's through Zoom or whatever platform we're using, the point of it is to mature, to grow in Christ. Because how many parents here know that we we don't want to have a 22-year, (laughs) one-year-old? Right? Right. You don't want your children to be 22 years old but yet one-year-old in their thinking. Same thing spiritually. God... Wants you to grow every year, he expects you to grow and mature, and that's what going to church is all about, as well as encouraging you, as well as having other like minded brothers and sisters to help push you along, to pray for you, to comfort you during times of trouble. Amen. Yes, amen. Now, my hope today is that this message will challenge you, but we're going to look at what a disciple is. I want each of you to think back when you first came to Christ. When you first came to the knowledge of who He was. Back when you were living down and dirty and disgusting and you name it, right? Just like I was. Before you met Christ, before you ever had Him in your life. When you were were living in your sins. Did you know that the very first thing you did upon realizing you needed a Savior was accepting Jesus Christ into your heart? You did that, right? That was the very first step. But here's what I want to make a distinction here that there has to come a time in your life when you declare that Jesus is Lord of your life and not just Savior. There's a huge difference. It's like American Canyon versus New York City. How many know this? That's a huge difference. When you say Jesus is your Savior, It's very different than saying, Jesus is my Lord. Because when you're saying, Jesus is my Lord, you're really saying, Jesus is my everything. Jesus is number one. Jesus is who I look to. And uh, that's what we say when Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, what can be tragic is when we tend to look at the words of someone else in, in our world above the words of jesus we esteem words of somebody else of some self-help guru maybe it's a tony robbins on tv you've all heard of tony robbins or some other person that you may have heard and you esteem those words higher than the words of jesus that can be very tragic according to your pastor and according to the word of god but here's what i want to want to do i want to take you to the Bible here. If you have your Bibles or electronic devices, I want you to turn to the book of Luke. So Luke chapter 14. And I want to read a couple of verses. Luke chapter 14 and verse 25. And it starts here in verse 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me, and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Let me stop right there. Did you hear that word? Hate. It says the word hate. Now, let me let me just remind you, this is the English version we're reading out of, and that word in the original language, what it's really conveying is to love less than. To love less than. So when we hear the word hate, we think about our our enemies. We think about that kid we hated in eighth grade, right? The one that was always trying to do stuff, right? We, we think of that kid. And um, that, that's what we think of when we think of the word hate. But here in the Bible, when it uses that term, it's saying to love less than. So let me read that again, now knowing that definition. If anyone comes to me and does not hate or love less your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. What Jesus is saying is, even though that's your spouse that you committed to for the rest of your life, even though those are your children, I have to be number one in your life. I have to be number one. Can I get an amen? Amen. See, the Bible says this in the Old Testament, that God, our God, is a jealous God. Why is He jealous? He's jealous for your love. He's jealous for your your, um, uh, attention. He wants you to lovingly come to Him. He doesn't want to ever force anybody to come to Him. He wants you to come lovingly towards Him. Let's continue with the rest of this verse here. In verse 27, it says and whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple." We're going to get into that as well. But we live in this uh, information age. Every day, all of us, and I do this all the time, I listen to different podcasts of different ministers. I listen to some of my favorites, are T.D. Jakes, uh, Ron Carpenter, Jensen Franklin, i love listening to those guys now that doesn't make me a disciple of theirs it just means that i happen to listen to some of their sermons and maybe some of you have some favorite preachers or maybe podcasts motivational podcasts that you listen to that that keep you going during the week right yeah but it doesn't necessarily mean i'm a disciple of the one i'm listening to listen church carefully in the same way just sitting here listening to the word of God or listening on Thursday nights on Zoom meeting doesn't necessarily mean that you're a disciple of Christ. You got quiet now. All I can hear is car exhaust and car, or cars. <laughs> so what I'm trying to tell you is that we have to be, be careful that when we say Jesus is Lord, we actually make him number one. And the, yes. the evidence of that is seen in our actions. And one of the things I love about our church is I always see the actions. Yes. I see it in loving ways from every one of you that are so giving of your time, your talents, your treasures. I can't tell you how many times we've personally gotten texts or, or a card or something, and, or how you've blessed other people, or how our, our churches help somebody move. We helped Mother Betty with some things the other day, uh, moving some things. We had two gentlemen from our church go and do some heavy lifting and uh, thankful for that again it's what you do amen being a disciple is doing what Jesus told us to do in the scriptures that I just read let me read another scripture to you found in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23 Luke 9 verse 23 then he said to them all whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So what's he talking about there? Is he is, is Jesus saying you literally gotta pick up a wooden cross and, and carry it every day, or or did he mean that I'm supposed to have a necklace with with a cross here hanging on my chest, you know, or uh, hanging in my car somewhere? Is that what he's talking about? Well, let's talk about that. See. First of all, our God is a God of, of behavioral modification. He's a God of transformation. He transforms people. Yeah. See, God isn't just a God of do's and don'ts, and unfortunately, that's what keeps a lot, excuse me, a lot of people away from church. They fear that church is all about do's and don'ts, when it's not. God is a God of transformation. Say that word with me. Trans- transformation. Trans- there should be a point in your life where you can see a transformation from a cocoon into a butterfly yeah. that just takes off yes. and is a beautiful creation. Amen? Amen. The, the cocoon is beautiful, but the butterfly is that much more elegant. And each of you are butterflies. Amen? Each of you are. And, and as such, We have to learn, or we we learn that we are transformed by the power of His Word. It's not just about do's and don'ts. Amen. Our God is a God of transformation. And here's here's the great part. Transformation comes mainly through the power of His Word. And then taking His Word and living like disciples. See, the Word of God, the Bible says this. The Word of God is sustenance. It's food for your spirit. It's food for your soul. Yes. How many enjoyed their Thanksgiving feast on, on Thursday? Hopefully you and your family had a good time eating, because I know we did. We had a good time eating, it was the four of us in our home. We had a wonderful time, wonderful dinner. Now, I can't imagine... Um, not going without food on Thanksgiving, right? It's a given. We're, we're having food on Thanksgiving. And we're, we have leftovers now, just like probably many of you do. And you can't wait for it. But each of us need food. We need sustenance. In the same way, we need His Word in us. We should desire that Word. When you get up in the morning, there should be something wrong with your spirit. Something going, there's something wrong here if you didn't read the Word, if you didn't hear the Word. You shouldn't just jump into your course of action and throughout your daily activities and at the end of the day, plop your head on the pillow and think, oh, I didn't read the Word of God today. That shouldn't be the first time that thought should hit you. Amen? That thought should be at you all day long. It should be like walking out the door without your cell phone. God forbid you would never do that. But yet we can walk out the door without having read the Word of God. That's what we need to get to. That's what I want to encourage you to do is to to eat that Word of God because that alone is what's going to transform you. The power of His Word is alive and well and it transforms you and I. Amen? You want to be a better man? You want to be a better woman? You want to be a better child, a better student, a better employee, a better co-worker, a better manager at work? Put Him number one. Put him number one make him number one in your life now let's get back to being a disciple what is a disciple well it's one who follows a teacher and his or her teachings that is a disciple a disciple is what the, the early church had they had disciples that follow Jesus they are doers of them and radically follow them we've had some not so good disciples going back to I remember when I was younger, Jim Jones. I'm going to remember that story. Terrible story. There's been David Koresh's and, and people like that, of that ilk, that have a following, but it's an evil following. It's an evil teaching and so forth. Those are still disciples because they, they're believing everything that that person is teaching them. But what they're failing to do is compare it to the Word of God. We have to always compare it to the Word of God. Amen? So discipleship... Again, it's not about how much Bible you know. It's about how much of the Bible you live. How much of the Bible are you living today? Amen? And only you can answer that. When I first became a believer many years ago, I thought, well, God could never use me. I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't know a thing. I couldn't quote a single scripture to you. I didn't know the beginning of Genesis to the book of Revelation or any of the books in between. Couldn't tell you a thing about them. But let me remind you today, Jesus called out a fisherman by the name of Simon Peter. He called out a fisherman and said, come follow me. Uh, a, a, a fisherman, a person that was that, that spoke before he thought, that knew nothing about the word, just knew about fishing, he called him and he used that man to turn the world upside down. Yes. So next time you go around thinking, well, I'm just a nobody from... Uh, um, nowhere and I can't do nothing just remember God has a plan and a purpose for you. you. God can use you greatly. Amen? Amen. amen. God can use you greatly and I have four quick points and I want to touch on those this afternoon. The first one is these are points that we have to do that we must do to become better disciples. The first one is hate or as the expression is love less than. We have to learn to. Love less than all other things below Jesus. You have to love them less. Is is there an obsession that you have with golf, with crochet, with underwater basket weaving, whatever it might be that supersedes your love for Jesus? If there is, you got twist it twisted. I just want to tell you today, you got twist it twisted. You have to learn to love less that particular thing that consumes you, that takes your time away from loving Jesus. Now, don't don't mistake me and and I'm not trying to tell you you can't have a passion or a hobby. No, please, enjoy yourself. If you like underwater basket weaving, show me pictures. I want to see them, believe me. Um, But it cannot be consuming that it takes your time away from loving Jesus that it takes your time away from from the house of God, that that you're never seen, that they go, Rick who? I haven't seen him in, you know? So we have to learn to love less these other things. We need to consciously put the Lord first. Let me remind you of this scripture that is found in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. Matthew 22 and verse 37. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Is that you? Is that describing you and I today? Because those are the words of Jesus for each of us. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. I, I get that. I understand that. But are you pursuing that? Are you moving in that direction? So that you can say, Lord, I love you with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength. Amen. The second point here is, and this one is, and this is kind of why I saved this for after Thanksgiving. But point number two is, deny yourself. (laughs) I didn't want to speak on this before Thanksgiving.
1: Pastor Rick got eat too, you know.
0: (laughs) Deny yourself. This means to say no no to those things that take you away from the things of God. Again, you know, only you know things that take you away from the things of God. And it's not just about eating. We could go on and on about eating at this time because for many of us we've overindulged, right? We've we've partaken and just we went above and beyond. Yes. But this means saying no to pet to, to, to the things that bother you to the things that take you off course I should say are you spending three times as much time on social media as you are reading the Word of God yes that should be that should be a check right here in your spirit that should be something that grabs a hold of you and say Lord there I got I gotta twist it I got to turn those priorities around one of, one of my pet peeves this past year this whole year has been the fact that Prior to this election, we had all the bickering going back and forth. All the bickering going back and forth. Whether you're liberal, conservative, in between, independent, it's just all the bickering, but that's not the bad part for me. That that happens in every election, every four years. The bad part for me, my pet peeve, was when I saw believers on social media using language and saying things that a believer should never, ever say. Now, I don't get involved in that. I don't ever make political posts or comments. It's just, to me, it's a waste of time. Uh, It's a complete waste of time to to go down that road. But to me, it was so sad to see believers, because my my first question was, why in the world would anybody follow the Jesus that you believe in when you're posting stuff like that? Amen? Right. And, And that's not a display of, showing the light of Christ to this world when you do things like that. So that that was one of my pet peeves. And, and in reality, what those believers should be doing is denying themselves from making a post like that. Denying themselves. Because we all think things, right? We, we all know what we want to say, but Mama raised us right. We are to hold our tongue, bite our tongue, right? And And, and hold it. Don't say it. Or if you start typing a response back, go ahead, type it, but then delete it. Delete it, okay? I've done that. I, I promise you I've done that. I've actually typed things up as a response, and then I've looked at it and I said, nah, and I delete it, but I felt better because I got it out of my system. And uh, I denied myself. We have to learn to deny ourselves. When you deny yourself, what you're really saying is saying no to your flesh, saying no to your desires. Because really at the core of it, it's just a, a selfishness in us that wants to do it, you know, to do what we want to do. To tell them how wrong they are and how right I am, you know. Ultimately, God is the only one that's right. right. Amen. Amen. Let, me, let me remind you of another scripture here found in Luke chapter 22 and verse 41. Luke 22 and 41 says this. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And that's what I'm trying to focus on there is his will be done, not yours. His will be done. Is that something that you're doing every day? Is that something that you think about when you're in a situation Lord not my will but let your will be done that's a challenge for each of us right and then the third point is forsake forsake the word forsake really means this is that I got to arrange things differently in a different order in a different order it's rearranging the things you value in your life for us as believers it's putting things in the right order And I've always taught you this here in church. It's always God first, your spouse second, your children third. If you as a a spouse are putting your children above your spouse, I want to tell you, you're going to have trouble in your marriage. You're going to have trouble in your family. You have to put your family, your God first, your spouse second, then your children third, and then your job after that. Amen? Your children have to come above your job, your position. Now, you've got to work all that out. It's not easy, but you've got to work it all out. Can I get an amen. Amen. amen? See, if we put God first, this will help you tremendously in those other areas of your life. But it starts with putting Him first as a disciple. Again, it makes you a better husband, stronger person, a better a better wife, a better employee, a better father, a better mother, a better son or daughter. Luke chapter 14 and verse 33 says the following. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. So when I say that, that word forsake in this third point, it's really referring to this, this example right here. If we cannot forsake everything else, in other words, if we put other things above Christ, we cannot be his disciple. For some people, it's riches. For some people, it's material possessions. And if those things are ahead of Christ, we cannot be His disciple. He's clear on what He's telling us here. And one of the scriptures I consistently mention to you here is found in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. And by now, every one of you can quote this, I'm sure. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and his righteousness. I spoke about that a few weeks back. But when you do those things, what you're doing is you're telling the Lord, Lord, I, I put you first. I want to be that disciple that you that you know I can be, and I'm putting you first in my life. Yes. Now, Jesus knew that there would be some that would forsake Him at the cross and in His life. It, let me read a scripture to you, another scripture found in Revelation chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 and it says the following and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary nevertheless I have this against you that you have left your first love now our first love is 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 our relationship with Jesus I've known people that have left and no longer serve Christ and, and they have to face God one day with that decision. Each of you here have that choice today to continue to choose to be disciples, continue to, to grow in the love of Christ. Amen? See, if you've walked away from God or your first love, make God your first priority today in your life. Make Him first. And then my fourth and final point today is Referring to the last part of the, the scripture text that I read, pick up your cross. Everybody, just do that with me. Pick up your cross right now. Pick it up. Just pick it up. Feel that? That's your cross right there. Bible says in Luke chapter 14 and verse 27, again, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Cannot be my disciple. Well, I want to be your disciple, so Lord, how do I carry your cross? How do I do that? First, let me tell you what the cross represents. The cross represents, obviously, where where our sins were nailed. And it represented shame in the time of Jesus. It repre- represented shame to anybody that was crucified on a cross. We are extremely fortunate here in Canyon, here in this United States, even in the middle of COVID-19, that we can worship out here and nobody's gonna come and arrest us, amen? Yeah. Not like other countries right. where they can be arrested and sent to prison just for mentioning the word Jesus yeah. or even owning a Bible. There are places in the world that would throw you in prison for that. But we are, we are fortunate to be in a place here where we can pick up our cross, live like believers, and not have a problem. Amen? Amen. So here's, here's the question I have for you. What does picking up your cross look like for you and I? When we leave the house in the morning, we should pick up our cross. That means, are you representing Jesus wherever you go? Are you, when, you, when you leave the house, and if you stop, your practice is stopping at Starbucks to pick up a co- cup of coffee? Are you, are you then saying, hey, God bless you, to the cashier as you pay them. Have a great day, or something like that. Are you taking Jesus with you to Trader Joe's when you go get in line and buy the flowers for your lovely spouse because yes. you, everybody knows Trader Joe's has the best flowers, yes. right? And then are you saying thank you and God bless you to the to the person there at the store? at the DMV are you telling them after a wait of 45 minutes and they call your number D40 and you thought you won the bingo card game but you're, you're just next in line are you thanking them are you thanking the person at Walmart are you thanking them are you thanking them in the middle of shopping right now and you can't find any toilet paper but you got everything else are you thanking the Lord are you carrying Jesus everywhere you go that's what picking up your cross is all about. It's taking that Jesus that saved you, that's the Lord of your life, and taking him everywhere in your life. It's taking him to school. It's taking him on your online conversations, your texting, your Snapchat, your Instagram, your Facebook, whatever it is, your Twitter. Is your language, are you taking Jesus with you in those conversations? Are you glorifying Him? Amen? Amen? That's what it means to take up your cross. Take Christ with you everywhere you go. Amen? Yes. This is what a disciple of Christ does. So let me challenge you again as we close here today. Identify these steps in your life. Number one, hate or love less than. Deny yourself. Forsake. And pick up your cross. Those four things, if you can figure out which one of these do I need to work on in my life or is it all four, Lord? But each of you can can point to one of these that possibly are preventing you from really seeking and making God number one in your life. will don't you stand with me this time as we're going to close. Can I get an amen out there? Amen? Yeah. Give me a horn honk out there <laughs> if you're in your car. That's your amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. And Lord, it's our sincere desire to be disciples, to Lord, to love you, to be the best disciple we can possibly be. And Lord, the only way we can do that is by, again, plugging into your word, It's by choosing you number one over other things in our life that can can, can take our attention away from you. And I pray right now for every person from my left to my right. I pray, Father, that you would give them and equip them, Lord, in ways that they never thought possible, Lord. That they can be the disciple that you have called them to be. Lord, I pray for future Peters. I pray, I pray for future Pauls and, and our young children. I pray, Lord, for future Mary Magdalens here that can be used by you, Father. I pray, Father, that, God, that each day we would remember to pick up that cross. That we would take it with us daily in our jobs, school, wherever it is that we go. Whether it's just a trip to the supermarket. And that, Lord, as we take that cross, that we would continue to be your disciple. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. And, Lord, as always, I pray a blessing over each one here today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen. 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 God bless you. you Have God a great God Sunday and we'll do this all over again next week. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian, American Canyon.